everybody, this is Matt and welcome to another Overflow Pod in our Shaping Your Future Self series. I hope you've decided on a 100-day goal that would be impossible on your own, but you're trusting in faith that God is going to do something amazing. So check out my 100-day goals preview. I posted it yesterday to hear about my goals and I hope you will join me on an incredible 100 days. Now, if you decided to join me, you're going to go through some tough times. So how do we keep going? How do we put one foot in front of the other? Every time I think about that, I can't help but think about that song from the childhood Christmas cartoon, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, where he goes, put one foot in front of the other. Okay, that's all I'm going <laughs> to affect you with. But that is what you got to do. So what do you do when the tough time comes? You trust in God's word and you develop some habits that's going to help you Hold on in the hard times until your circumstances change. Because when you're going through hell, what do you want to do? Well, obviously, you want to keep going. You don't want to stay there. So you got to put one foot in front of the other. See, life is not a 50-yard dash. It's a marathon. It's long. And it requires endurance and persistence, faith, and resilience. But there are some habits that you can learn that will help you through the rough patches in your life and make them a lot more manageable and give you the ability to literally keep on keeping on when you feel like giving up. Colossians 2.6 says, Just as you accepted Jesus Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. So if you accepted Jesus as Lord, you're a child of God. You've already asked God to forgive you of your sins. You trust in Jesus for your salvation to pay the penalty of your sins, and you entered into a relationship with God desiring to love him and serve him because he first loved you. God wants you to succeed. So how do you continue? How do you keep on? How do we continue to follow him? You can do it by learning some habits that are going to help you when those hard times comes. These are habits that we can all develop. Now, the first habit that holds me in hard times is keeping my life clean, having a clear conscience. I saw a sign at a gas station one time. It said, a clean engine has more power. And I thought, well, obviously that's true. And that's true of people too. A clean engine has more power. You got a lot of gunk in there. You're not going to be able to move as fast. Nothing drains you faster than guilt or regret or shame or hiding something you feel bad about or guilty about. And if you look at Christians throughout history, those who have done amazing things, they all do this. They keep their lives clean. Now, the first step is always personal cleansing, and God uses holy, clean people, not perfect people. There aren't any. So God wouldn't get anything done if he only used perfect people. I mean, the only one there is Jesus, but without exception, any time in history, you find somebody, you will find that they've kept their life clean, or, or to be more exact, it means that they've dealt with their personal sin in their life, and they've gotten it cleansed. Not perfect cleansed. Think of David, definitely guilty of some massive sin and problems, but God used him because he confessed his sin. And none of us are perfect, but God forgives. 2 Timothy 2.21 says, if you keep yourself pure, you will be a utensil that God can use for his purpose. Your life will be clean and you'll be ready for the master to use for every good work. It starts with keeping my life clean. It starts with confession and cleansing. Augustine, an early church theologian, said it like this. The confession of bad works is the beginning of good works. It's the starting point. 
you got to clean the dish before you put new food on it. 1 Peter 3.16 says this in the message paraphrase, keep a clear conscience before God. Why? So that when people throw money at you, none of it will stick. Love that paraphrase. It's one of the benefits of having integrity. I want to live my life in such a way that people have to make up stuff about me to accuse me. And they will. And they will about you too. Romans 12.9 says, hate what is evil and hold on to what is good. What does that mean? You don't hold on to the garbage in your life. You don't want to get a big stack of guilt and regrets and shame and stuff you're afraid of other people finding out and carrying it all through your life. It's unnecessary weight. Instead, dump it. I remember marrying a couple years ago. It was a second marriage for both of them. And I remember counseling them. And one of them said, she said, she went back and she did some homework. She said, I had no idea that I was about to walk down the aisle in that beautiful white dress carrying a bag of garbage from my previous relationship with me into this new marriage. The man jumped in and said, me as well. <laughs> and she goes, that was dumb. It, can, it has caused all kinds of problems. And if I don't dump it, what's going to happen with that load of guilt or regret or shame that I've been carrying around? So how do you dump the load of fear of being found out about something? Really simple. You just confess it. The Bible talks about confessing our sins to God. It, it simply says, God, you're right, and that was wrong. The Bible says if we confess our sins to God, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you're going to make it through a hard time, the first thing you do is let go of unnecessary garbage that you're unintentionally carrying around. There's a weight to that garbage, and you don't need to carry it. God doesn't want you walking around with that guilt or that shame. He doesn't want you carrying around a load of regrets. He wants you to dump it. That's the first step. It's the first habit. Keep my life clean. See, you can't go through the hard times carrying unnecessary junk and garbage from your past. you got to let it go. You need to lighten your load when you're going through the hard times. So what do I do even if I don't know what I've done? Well, it's pretty obvious. Just ask God and he'll show you. Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24. Amazing passage. It says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. Point out anything you see in me that offends you and lead me in the way everlasting. It's like a searchlight verse. You say, God, turn the searchlight on me and all the stuff that I don't even know about that I'm unconsciously regretting, that I'm unconsciously ashamed of. I mean, I know about all the conscious stuff, but there's a lot of stuff that I don't even see. So before you begin your 100-day goals, this is the first thing you need to do is confess your sins before God. Start with a clean slate. Listen, God wants to bless your life. Are you hearing me? God wants to bless your life. He wants to use your life. No matter what's happened in the past, no matter what you've done, how long you've done it or who you did it with, it doesn't matter. God wants to bless and use your life, but you got to deal with that issue. You got to let go of the garbage. You got to get your life cleaned up through confession and be washed clean. God uses small vessels. He uses plain vessels. He uses broken vessels. I mean, we're all broken. We're all a little bit cracked, but God doesn't use a dirty vessel. He wants to bless your life. And the one thing that's holding back blessing on your life is unconfessed sin. There's junk in your life that you need to just admit and get cleaned from. And when you're carrying around 
garbage around the, the in the garbage sack from your past what do you do you don't ignore it you don't pretend it's not there you don't repress it you don't suppress it you confess it don't repress don't suppress confess say god i agree with you i was wrong i'm sorry because in a hard time there's nothing that's going to give you greater resilience and give you more personal power than a clear conscience to have your life as an open book if you want more power in your life you've got to have more purity Purity is the key to power. So this is the first habit. I keep my life clean. You say, how do I do this? Where do I start? Well, number one, get alone with God. Pull out a blank piece of paper. Get a pencil or pen. Sit down and maybe pray that Psalm 139 passage. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there is any wicked way in me, anything that offends you and lead me in the way everlasting. Then I just start writing down whatever comes to mind. If it's jealousy, you write jealousy. If it's lying, write down lying. If it's lust, write down lust. Whatever it is, if it is a failure to do something, a failure to not do something, whatever it is, write it down. Then once I say that, is there anything else? I wait. Don't be in a rush to finish. Don't just say, God, forgive me of all my sins. No, 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 no. You committed those sins individually. You need to confess them individually. Nothing becomes dynamic unless it becomes specific. You point out, God, I cheated that person. I gossiped about that person. I was resentful to them. I'm bitter. I've been jealous. Whatever it is, you write it all down and you pause and you wait. And is there anything else because you don't want any stuff, any garbage left in? You want to be completely clean. Then once you've written it all down, you look at that list and it'll probably make you want to throw up. But you simply look at that list and agree with God and say, you were right, I'm wrong, I'm sorry, I need your grace and mercy. And then you write 1 John 1, 9 across the paper. If we confess our sins, that's our part. Here's God's promise. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What's standing between you and a clear conscience, the only thing is your pride. That's it. Your pride. And say, you know what? I did these things. I was wrong. I'm sorry. It's so hard for us to admit that we're wrong. Now, when you do that, I encourage you to do that. Get that piece of paper out and you say, God, show me what's out of whack in my life. And when you do that, you may feel some emotion. You may feel nothing at all. This has nothing to do really with feelings and emotions. It's simply a choice. It is a choice to take a spiritual bath. It's a choice to admit and forsake any known sin in my life and choose to do the right thing. And then you know what? Burn that piece of paper because once you confess it, it's gone. Don't just throw it in the trash. Don't just crumble it up. Take a fire to it, light it on fire, and watch it go up in smoke. And there's nothing left. Even get rid of the ashes because you do this before you start your 100-day goals because you want to be on the right page from the get-go. Job 17.9 in the King James says, The righteous will hold on his way. And he that has clean hands shall be stronger and stronger. You want to be stronger and stronger in the days ahead where it's going to be hard to make through your goals that you failed at. You want to be spiritually strong in the, even in the tough times and difficult days. Get your hands clean. The Bible says in Psalms, Who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. Who has not lifted up his soul in the vanity or nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessing of the Lord. You want God's blessing in your life? Habit number one, keep your life clean. 
and we keep it clean by confessing. Now here's the second habit that holds me on in the tough times. I keep my eyes open. You need to be more aware, more alert to what God is doing in, in tough times than any other time. Psalm 105.4, it says in the message paraphrase, keep your eyes open for God. Watch for his works. Be alert for the signs of his presence. What's it talking about here? It's talking about vision. Most people have a wrong understanding of vision. It's not the most understood term. Vision isn't predicting the future. I mean, think about it. Who could predict 9-11 or terrorist attacks or a mass shooting? Who could predict COVID? Nobody. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, much less next year and, and in 10 years. So vision, the idea of vision being able to see the future and plan how to act, that's not, that's not the case. So what's vision then? Vision's a couple things. First, we're talking about keeping our eyes open. Vision is seeing God at work in your current present situation and moving on it and taking advantage of it. Vision is not predicting the future. It's going, where is God working right now? This is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to respond. And it's taking advantage of this situation. It's not predicting a wave in 10 years. No, it's seeing the wave right now and catching it. Vision is setting your sail to God's wind that's blowing right now. It's being aware, oh, it looks pretty bad, but God's in this. You need to stop praying, God bless what I'm doing. I need to start praying, God help me to do what you're blessing. One of the things that I've always prayed about with my kids is for my kids to learn to love God. That I am the old crusty old pastor dad who doesn't relate well to his kids and I remember praying to God, guys, please help me to see wherever you will do something amazing in their lives. And I will jump all over it because I don't know how to encourage them. I don't know how to teach them. And that's when Cedarbrook Christian Camp started. And my kids were like fish in water. And ever since the first camping week, I saw God working in their lives because of camp. I've jumped on the bandwagon. I encourage every kind of camp opportunity they can get. You know, Christian camp in general has impacted them far more for God than anything else in life. And my part is simply encouragement and, and pushing them to go to camp or as many times as possible. You need to start praying, God, help me to do what you're blessing already. Second meaning of vision. Vision is seeing how you can use a good idea. Maybe somebody else thought it up, but you could use it in your own situation. Proverbs eighteen fifteen says, wise men and women are always learning, always listening learning and listening for fresh insights. Did you know that there's a mark of wisdom, a mark of intelligence, is that you continue to learn. You can learn from other people. And here's an interesting thing. You can learn from anyone if you just know the right questions. I can learn from all kinds of people. I could sit down with you and in five minutes, I could teach you, I could get you to teach me something I didn't know. Why? The fact is everybody's ignorant on different subjects. You know some things that I don't know, and I know some things that you don't know. And the person next to you knows some things that neither of us know. That's why the Bible says iron sharpens iron. Never stop learning. You don't have to be the originator of stuff for it to work. You can't think up everything. I remember when I first became a pastor of my first church, and the elders had their first meeting with me, and they said, that was an amazing sermon you came up with last week, and I never heard anything like it before. And I looked at the person in shock and said, other than illustrations, everything I said comes from other pastors, theologians, and people that have come before me. And they said, it's not original. I said, no. 
How prideful would it be some 30-year-old who just graduated seminary can come up with better stuff than 2,000 years of history of all pastors all around the globe? They then realize, oh, never thought of it that way. Keep doing what you're doing. If you think you can't imitate, copy, or learn from other people, that's nonsense. Practically everything you learned was by imitation. You learned how to walk by imitation. You learned how to talk by imitation. You learned how to eat by imitation. Most of the stuff you learn is by watching other people. So you don't have to think something up for it to work at your business, in your home, or at your school. You just have to keep your eyes open for what's working. Keep your life clean and keep your eyes open. And during tough times, that's what you need to be more. It's a learner's attitude more than any other time. Philippians 3.17 says, Join together following my example, brothers and sisters. And just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. He's saying we have to, we're, we're to follow Paul's example and use it as a model. Other translations say, brothers, be united in imitating me. Paul says, you guys should imitate me. Keep your eyes fixed on those who act according to the example that they have for me. You know, the four times in the Bible, Paul encourages imitation. He says, follow me as I follow Christ. Even now, I couldn't imagine ever saying that about myself. Hey, you guys follow me as I follow Christ. It just seems so arrogant, so prideful. But you know what? I think I finally realized after watching a lot of human behaviors that everybody learns from imitation. And I'd rather have people follow my example than some celebrity who's making no effort at all to follow Jesus. At least I'm making the effort. I stumble. I fall. I make mistakes. I'm imperfect. But at least I'm trying. I would rather have people follow your example than follow someone else's who's making no attempt to follow Jesus. Because at least you're trying. Anytime I see anybody else who's doing something good or being effective in some way, I think, awesome. Now teach me how to do that too. The truth is we learn our best by imitation. But you got to keep your eyes open. As I said, everything that you've seen in life was pretty much modeled for you. You know, there's that verse in the Bible where it says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Why? Because when I'm prideful, it means I'm unteachable. I don't think you can teach me anything. So you can't. That kind of pride shuts down God's power in your life. And when you say, Lord, teach me today, even as I'm going through hard times, I want to hold on with the habits that help me hold on. And one of the habits is keep your right eyes open. Be teachable. Right now, though, everyone wants to be an innovator. They want to be the first in something. Everybody wants to be that person that thinks up something new, something different, something creatively that nobody has done before. Innovation is a good thing, but I think we have reinvented it and turned it into an idol. Because often imitation is more important than innovation. You find somebody doing something good, imitate it. You see what's more important than innovation? Which we made it that idol and it's keeping your eyes open. It's keeping your eyes away from what God is doing. Don't pray, God bless what I'm doing. Look around and see what God's doing and then jump on that train. Help me to do what you're blessing. Does your pride ever keep you from learning from other people? Think about your enemies. The political left or the political right. <gasps> Whatever they are, whatever way you lean, I don't care. But can you learn from the other side? If not, you got problems. That's why I cannot stand our current political movement, because they cannot learn from people who are different from them. 
They are closed off. They have no vision because they are unteachable. I don't care if they're right 95% of the time. But because they can't grow, then what they're saying is eventually going to fade away. So don't be like that. Learn. You can learn from everybody. And it's going to make, if you don't, it's going to make hard times even harder. And for those of you who are struggling with barely making it, Ephesians 1.18 says, I pray that the eyes of your heart will be flooded with light so that you can understand, you'll, you'll finally comprehend, and you can understand the wonderful future he has promised to those he has called. So I don't know what kind of hard time you're going through. And I honestly don't know what you're facing, but I do know that the habits that I shared today, that if you do these things, keep your life clean, and that you keep your eyes open, you will not just survive in the tough times, but you can actually thrive in them. So this week, I want you to work on the habits of keeping my life clean. Make that confession. Get your life cleaned out. Keep my life clean and keep my eyes open and keep my heart grateful. But you know, all of this starts with the power of God in your life. And I hope that encourages you today. And we're going to look at more habits in the next week. So God bless and see you in the next pod.